Uh, we are on a new teaching series on today, um, Kingdom Economics. Come on, come on. Uh, economics is a branch of knowledge concerned with the production, consumption, and transfer of wealth. Okay, we're doing kingdom economics. All right, once we have come to this side, there is an entirely different economy. Okay, there's an entirely different way in which things need to be done in the kingdom. We can't do things like the world. The world says, I save money. continue to save my money and don't give it and then when I get on top talk about everybody who beneath me <laughs> okay it's a total different system the father system of kingdom economics starts with giving the bible says, if you give it shall be given unto you Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall other men. So his system involves you giving to people so that other people will give to you. The father has no system where he says you just keep your money in your pocket. How do we know that? Say the rich young ruler. Jesus came to him and said to him, well, he came to Jesus and said, good master, what must I do to enter the kingdom of God? He said, you already know the Ten Commandments. You already know everything you, you need to do. He said, I've done all that since my youth up. He said, one thing I want you to do, just one thing, take everything you own, sell it, and give it to the poor. The Bible said he walked away. Sad. Why? Because when we obtain wealth, we have a, we have a way of thinking it belongs to us. Had that rich ruler given that stuff away like Jesus told him, he would have had it given back to him tenfold, a hundredfold. Peter came up to Jesus and said, look, we leaving everything to follow you. He said, we leaving everything. We giving, we giving it all up to follow you. What are we going to get? That's a reasonable question. That's a reasonable question. The father is not asking us to do this and get nothing out of it. He said, what do I get? He said, look, for those who abandon all those things, he said, you're going to get it back a hundredfold. A hundredfold. Whatever you gave up, the father said, I'm going to give it back to you a hundredfold with persecution. Which means I'm going to give it back to you and with it is going to come a whole lot of haters. See, them the blessings you want. If you're, if, if you're not being hated on right now, you, you haven't reached the, rest of the, the, the level of blessings you're supposed to have. If they ain't saying, talking about you, you ain't reached the level of blessings that belongs to you. If they ain't double-taking, if they ain't talking, well, they just got that because, um, uh, nope. Don't worry about why they got Worry about why you ain't. So we're going to talk, uh, we're going to talk about kingdom economics, but the title of our message today is 211. 211. 
211. Now, some of y'all from the hood, so you know what the 211 is. Okay? Some of y'all might not be. A 211 means there's a robbery in progress. Okay? (laughs) Thank you, sir. Now, the thing about the father is we have to trust his systems. Okay? The only way we know we have faith is because he said do it this way and we did it. The only way we know we have faith is that he said do it this particular way and we responded to it. Against adversity, no matter what happened, no matter what transpired in our life, we kept doing it his way. Where we fail at is that we tend to find a way of doing things our way. I want you to know this. The Father will never co-sign your way. One faith, which means we all have to do it the same way. What it takes for me to get blessed, it takes for you to get blessed. We have to trust his system. The Bible says in Today we're going to talk from two, uh, on the title 211, Will a Man Rob God? Okay, we're going to talk from that. Uh, we're going to talk about giving because what I want you guys to understand is that tithing and offering are what is known as giving. Okay, now, who wants blessings? Who wants favor? Okay, the same God that created blessings and favor created tithing and offering. It's his system. We cannot get around that. We think we can give, and it's not just about giving. It's about your character. It's not just about your character. It's about your servitude. The Father is, the Father is raising us. How many here, how many in here, won't check the room, how many here have given their, Lord, their, name, uh, their life to the Father? Okay, so I'm in the right room. All right. How many here say God is their father? Okay. So if God is your father, then that means you are his child. Daughter, thank you. You in the house. If God is the father, then you are the child. Children don't create the system. They obey it. When a child obeys the system, the parent rewards when a child does, disobeys the system, the, they don't get the reward. I got scripture for days. Obedience is better than sacrifice. So tithing and offering are what is known as giving. Blessings and favors are divine opportunity that happens by character and servitude. Whenever you see blessings, you're going to see an action that you need to do. Blessed is the man that trusts. Blessed is the man who is poor in spirit. Blessed are those who are meek. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of the sinner, nor sit in the seat of the ungodly. But his delight is in the law of the Lord and he will meditate on it day and night. You see what you got to do to be blessed? 
not just breathe. And so I'm teaching this because I want you to be blessed. We have to be a blessed church. We have to be a generous church. We have to be a giving church. We can't be an orphan church that every time we get money, we hold it to our bosom. We're scared to release it. If you're scared to release it, that means you're scared to walk in faith. You don't trust him. Blessed is the man whose trust is in him. If he brings forth a system and says, do it this way, you can't change his mind. I missed y'all too. You can't change his mind. It, it just is what it is. I've been doing this for 20 years, okay? When we started this church, we already had our house. Okay, when we, when we started this church, we already had money. As a matter of fact, when we told, I told the father, I said, I do not want to start no church talking about the kingdom, and we ain't got nothing. If you say you have a ministry, you do not want to start a ministry, and you ain't got nothing. What you going to tell the people, what the people going to look to? He wants, your, or he wants your affairs to be in order. He wants you to be blessed. He, don't want, he does not want any of his children to be struggling. And, because, so he, and so it wouldn't happen, he just created a system called giving. Hmm. God so loved the world that he gave, he initiated it. <laughs> he gave his son, he gave love, he gave the kingdom. He gave to you when you didn't want to have nothing to do with him. So our first scripture on today is going to come from Malachi. Chapter 3, and we're going to do 7 through, I think it's 12. We don't have a lot of scriptures today. I'm going to be in and out of your out of your business in a second. And it reads, now he's talking to Israel, all right? He says, since the days of your father, you have turned from my statutes. Since the days of your father, you have turned from my statutes. You turn from doing things the way I said do things. He says, you have not kept them he says, return to me, and I will return to you. He didn't say if you, look, he didn't say I'm going to return to you so you can return to me. He didn't say, I'm a, look, I'm going to overlook the fact that you're not doing it the way I said it. I'm going to let you do it your way. I just need you. He didn't say that. You want me to do something for you. It's a set way I said do it. And the reason why, the, you have a, When we send our kids to school, it's one teacher in the classroom. All the kids have to listen to one teacher. Every kid can't do their own thing and a teacher abide by it. That's chaos. Okay? He, when, when a father gives an order, one order is for all his children. When he says tithes and offering, that means everybody under his breath pays tithes and offering. Now, how many of y'all was told that tithes and offering was done away with the law? Okay. Okay. You heard it too? Okay. 
Now, the thing about tithes is tithes didn't come with the law. Tithes came with Abraham. Okay, tithes came with Abraham, the father of faith. Tithes is a faith thing. It's a do you trust me enough to take the 100% and give me 10? You keep the 90. Now, he could have said, you take the 10. I'll keep the 90. Then I understand why you be sweating bullets. Because you done worked all week long. And now you got to give 90%. Pastors be happy. <laughs> the church will be happy. <laughs> but he said, look, out of every dollar, I want a dime. Is he not worth that? Because on the back end, aren't you asking him to bless you? Aren't you praying that he would do this for you and do that for you and open this door for you? Well, if you want me to do this, this is what I need you to do. So he told Israel, he said, since the days of your father, you have turned from my statues. You, you have not kept them. Return to me and I'll return to you, says the Lord of armies. Now, it didn't say, says the Lord. It didn't say, says the Lord your God. It said the Lord of armies. Meaning, he's doing this and speaking this saying, this is the Lord, the one who has the power to re release angels. I am the one who releases angels to come and bless you. He didn't say the Lord God. He said the Lord of armies. I'm the one that sends angels to give you revelation, to give you knowledge, to give you understanding, to bless you. I'm the one that sent the raven to feed Elijah. I'm the one that sent the angel to feed Elijah. The Father can open doors all day long for you. He said, yet you ask, how can we return? Now, this is where it gets good. Verse 8. He says, will a man rob God? Now, he's trying to get us to return to his systems, to return to doing things his way. Say, there's only one way. Okay, there's not multiple ways to do this. I've never seen someone go against this and it worked for them. I have never. He says, will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? In tithes and offering. Now, he said, will a man rob God? Now, robbery is an action of a thief in the presence of a victim. Okay? Robbery is the action of a thief in the presence of his victim. When someone is robbing you, they are not trying to conceal it. People don't steal banks, they rob them. The devil comes to steal. Steal means I swiped it and you didn't even see it. I went in your purse while you wasn't watching and I took something. You went to look for it and you couldn't find it. You don't know what happened to it. That's stealing. He said, will a man rob God? Meaning you're going to do it right in my face. When somebody rob you, they put, you see the gun. You see the mask, you see their face, 
When they rob a bank, they come, everybody on the floor. They letting you know, we're coming to take this. And so the question he's posing, will a man rob God? Will a thing that was created rob the thing that created it? (laughs) Right in his face. If you're from Chicago, they had this. They had this thing they used to do. They'd come behind you and say, stick up. Don't make it be an ambulance pickup. They let you know, look, take everything out your pockets or, you, or the ambulance going to come get you. In California, they just walk up on you and say, break yourself. <laughs> they just walk up to you and say, break yourself. That means everything you got on, take it off. You broke because you took it. <laughs> and so this is what they say in Baltimore. Be more careful. Be more careful. Whoa. Uh oh, I like that. <laughs> but the thing is, is they are the, the whole principle of robbery is you are doing this right in his face. You acting like he don't see it, like he don't know what you make, like he don't know what's in your bank account. So he said, "Will a man rob God?" Now, robbery is to unlawfully take something. So it's only robbery because it doesn't belong to you. He says, yet you are robbing me. You being a creature are robbing the one who gives eternal blessings. You are robbing the one that sees all things, has created all things, has organized all all blessings and honor. Yet you are robbing me. He says, how are you robbing me? He said, the tithes and offerings. These are his systems of faith to get us money and to protect what we have. All right? Now, the tithe is kingdom tax. And so what the father says is that anybody who is a citizen of the kingdom of God is required to pay 10% of their earnings. Just like in America, do they? You ain't taking no tithe. You will a man rob the government? What happens if you don't pay your tithes? Jail, fines. You didn't pay what you owe. Now you owe more. They didn't came took all your property. Why? Because that is a kingdom standard. Is you cannot be a citizen of the kingdom and not partake. I told y'all the Father wants us to be blessed. Out of the seven, out of the seven. Uh, uh, fold inheritance, power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, and blessings. He wants you to have all that. But the father does not give to stingy kids. If you want to, re- if you want your inheritance, what you have to do is this. Become like him. If he's a giver, you must be a giver. We are required to be generous because our father's generous. He said, conform to the image of my son. His son conforms to the image of him. His son is just like him. If he's a giver, he expects us to be given. That is the requirement for him to release. 
The more you keep it, the more he said, well, I can't release. So that's tithes. Offering. Okay. He said from the 10, what I want you to do is from the 100, I want you to give me 10. When it comes to the offering, he says you can do that any way you want to do it. Now, this is my suggestion to you. It's three ways in which the father would tell you to give. The first way is he would tell you the amount. All right? He'll tell you the amount. He'll say, give such and such. And if he tell you to do it, do it. Why? Because you know on the end it's probably a thousandfold blessing. If he tells you to give something, it's because he knows what you need in the future. Sometimes you will walk in the ministry, especially if you have ministry, and he will tell you to give a substantial amount of money. Why? He's sowing a seed for your future ministry. I was listening to a radio uh, uh, a message, and, uh, and they was talking about giving, and a couple sowed a seed. They sold a seed because they were asking for something huge. And they said, they went to the father, they asked him. Matter of fact, they asked him for a, a Chick-fil-A franchise. Yeah. Now, you want a Chick-fil-A franchise, he's not going to tell you to get $10. He's going to tell you to plant a seed that mimics the blessing. So I think they gave something, he told them to give him something like $15,000. And in six months... They had a Chick-fil-A franchise. So if the father tells you to give something, give it. Ask him, what do you want me to give? If he doesn't say anything, then the next thing is he wants you to do it. And in that case, you always give according to the worth of the product. Now, why am I saying that? Because you have a product. I can't stand seeing people who want everybody to give them, bless them, but then they don't want to give nobody nothing. You want everybody to support your stuff. Okay, if you got music and you're trying to, you write, trying to write a book, if you're going to write a book, okay, you need to be sewing to other books, other authors. So that when you finish your book, people ain't going to just pay a dollar for it. <laughs> so you always want to give according to the, the worth of a person. If you feel like you're eating good here, are you eating good? Okay, you want to bless according to what you're receiving. That ain't for me. Because like I tell you, I already know the system. I've already played the system. I've already done the system. My, my, my prayers to the Father, and thus far as good, is that we will always make at least two to three times more than the church. And right now, we make two to three times more than the church, more than the tithe and offering to come in in a year. We didn't start a ministry because we needed money. We started a ministry because we're called to do it. We would do it whether you pay tithes or offering or not. Because we're called to do it. <laughs> I'm not teaching this so you can give more. I'm teaching this because every time giving is, is spoken of in the Bible, it's about your harvest. 
I just want one clap for that one. Thank you, Kirby. Thank you. Which brings me to the third way to give. Give according to the expectation of the harvest. So if God tell you to do it, give like that. Look at the product, look what it's worth, okay, and give. And that's not just church, that's outside of church. Stop trying to undercut everybody and think it's a blessing because somebody give you something for free. You are not blessed because you get stuff for free. Getting stuff for free is not a blessing. That's not a blessing. The Bible says in Hebrews 7 and 7, it says, without a doubt, without a doubt, okay, without argument, the person who's, who is being blessed is inferior to the person who is blessing. So the blessed person is the person who's doing what? Giving. The, pe- the person receiving is not blessed. They're inferior to the one who is superior. The one who can bless people is always going to be superior to the one. That's why a, 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 a poor person or let's say a vagabond can walk into a restaurant and they may get scraps. They may get some handouts. But why is it that if a millionaire walk in there, they eat for free? Because it's a different from a handout and being blessed. Blessed is when you can, it's when you, because of your notoriety, you can walk into a place and everything is. So whenever you give, give according to what the Father tells you. Ask him, pray. Father, what is it that you want me to give? Or give according to the blessings that you want to, uh, 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 the, the, uh, Say that again. Uh, The worth of the product. And when you give according to the worth of the product, you're giving with your product in mind. Because you have a business. The rest, the other point is give according to the harvest you want. The father is not going to give you $10,000. Tell you put 100 in offering. Pay your tithes and put a hundred in offering. You'll see he's going to tell you to give according to your harvest. If you don't have a harvest, you need to be get, put more seed in ground. <laughs> you need to be putting seed in the ground. So the father is not going to tell us, look, don't give. No, you need seed in the ground. He wants the harvest to be perpetual every year. Every season you need to have corn growing. This is for your harvest. Okay? Say my harvest. This is about your harvest. Next week or the week after that, we're going to talk from the title of uh, Resource Center. Because the Father wants us to be a resource center. All right? He wants to get money to you to get it through you. Everything that comes into your hands, it's not yours. When you learn that, the Bible says he gives seed to the sower. 
He gives seed to the sower. Everything that comes into your hands does not belong to you. Sometimes it don't, none of it belongs to you. And when you get that and get rid of the orphan mindset, he can bring money to, he can't bring a million dollars to you because he can't tell you what to do with it. You already got every dime planned out what you're going to do with it. You didn't plan out, ooh, if I get a million dollars, I'm going to, boop, 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 No. When you, if you get a million dollars, you better go before the Father and say, what do you want me to do with this? But you know what? It's going to start with a hundred. It's going to start with a thousand. He's not just going to drop a million, you know, a million dollars in your lap. You know why? Because you're not responsible. Because you can't hear him. That's why I say it's more than about giving. It's about character also. It's about servitude. As soon as he give you the money, you ain't going to come to church no more. You're going to have an attitude you can't serve. <laughs> now the past can't tell you nothing. You're trying to outdress the first lady. He's looking at you. He's looking at your character. Everything the father wants to give you is going to be involved with you representing his name. Period. Why? Because he's a father. That's why I asked you, who, who, who in here said they children of God? Okay, just checking. Verse 9. Let's read this again. He says, Will a man rob God? Yet you are robbed me. But you say, How have you robbed me in tithes and offering? He says, you are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation. He says, you are cursed with a curse because you're robbing me. Now, this is what a curse is. A curse is when the father takes his hands off of what you're doing and just lets you do it your way. That's what a curse is. A curse is when he just lets you do it your way. He ain't going to add to it. He ain't going to subtract to it. He ain't going to open no doors. He ain't going to do nothing. Because like I told you, he only moves according to his systems. He does not move according to your system. He's not going to say, okay, you know what? Chris, you pay tithes and offering, but McKinley ain't got to. Every rule and regulation is for all of us. If it's not, then we can't have faith. <laughs> if you can not pay, if I cannot pay tithes and, and not give, and I can get from him, it wouldn't be fair. He will be an unholy God. He will be an unholy father. So he has to set a standard, and then he has to uphold the standard. So it says, you are cursed with a curse. Curse is when the father removes his hands from your affair and allow you to function under your own systems. It's just like when the, when, when the devil came to Job. He used Job to vindicate him. This is what curse looked like. He took his hands off of Job. He said, you can take everything but his life. Job lost his businesses. He lost his money. He lost his kids. He lost everything. That's what curse looked like. Curse is not him attacking you 
is him moving his hands and allowing the enemy to have a foothold in your life so you can see that that system's not going to work. And he allowed the enemy to have a foothold so that you can make up your mind. You know what? How many of y'all ever got into a situation and, and said, Father, if you get me out of this, i never do that again. Look at Troy. Troy Craig. <laughs> That's what he wants. That's what he wants. Some situations he will lead you in to stew in it. So when you come out that situation, you would never make that decision again. You would never do it that way again. He's a father. You can ask my kid. You ask my, this is the way daddy said do it. If you don't do it this way, you don't get all the amenities that come along with it. If you, if you do it that way, you get it. If you don't do it that way, you don't get it. So he says you have been cursed with a curse. Um, how many of y'all remember the, the, the story of Jericho? We told him, to, okay. He told them to walk around the wall seven times, do this. They followed the instructions. Perfect, didn't it? Did the wall fall? It fell. But he told them, he said, when you go in there, don't take nothing from this city. Leave everything. Don't take no Xboxes. Don't take no silver. Don't take no gold. No PS5, don't take nothing from this city. Everything, go in here, conquer this city, and I want you to kill the people, and I want you to destroy everything in the city. Burn it to ashes. They went in there. They destroyed the city. And one person had to take something. One person had to take something. But you know what? They didn't notice it until the next battle. They defeated Jericho just like he said, but now he's sending them to defeat Ai. He said, go up and conquer. They go up and get destroyed. They, even, they were so confident in the Father, they didn't even send all the soldiers because they knew who was on that side. So they sent them in there and Ai wiped them out, Tremaine. Wiped them out. Joshua tore his clothes out. What in the world? You didn't send me up here? Joshua... Put your clothes on, Joshua. Put your clothes on, Joshua. Okay? I got to read this one to you. <laughs> I got to read this one to you. Um, in your time, in your leisure time, read uh, Joshua chapter 6 and 7. Okay? Joshua chapter 7, verse 10, it says, Then the Lord said, it's not up there, just write it down. It says, then the Lord said to Joshua, stand up. Why have you fallen face down? Verse 11, he says, Israel has sinned. They have violated my covenant that I appointed for them. They have taken some of what was set apart. They have stolen, deceived, and put those things with their own belongings. Y'all hearing this? says, with their own belongings. 
He said, this is why the Israelites cannot stand against their enemies. They would turn their backs and run from their enemies because they have been set apart for destruction. I would no longer be with you unless you remove from among you what is set apart. The tithe is set apart. The offering is set apart. The moment you decide not to give what you're supposed to give or what he tell you to set apart, he removes his hand off the situation. They lost the war because of one person. <laughs> Decided he wanted to take some silver and some gold. They lost a war. And so you don't know until you go to make your next big move. It's making sense. So now it's four scriptures in Proverbs. I want you to write these down. And I don't want you to forget these, okay? Proverbs 14 and 12 and Proverbs 16 and 25. Now they all, they say the same thing pretty much. Proverbs 14 and 12 says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, but its end is the way of death. Y'all hear me? Okay. Proverbs 16 and 25 says it again. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. So there's a way that you think is right, but in the end, it is going to take, it's going to lead you to spiritual death. In the end, it would not open the door. That's why I said, if there, there is a way that seems right to a man, our job is to find out how he said do it. <laughs> ain't that simple? That's pretty simple, ain't it? Just find out how he said do it and do it. Any other way is going to lead to death, which means you're going to lack spiritual life, means, which means the blessings will not show up. I don't tell you guys to practice righteousness for no reason. There's a way that seems right to a man, but Jesus said to practice righteousness. There's a way that seems right to a man. But God said, I'm not going to respond to it. Heaven said, I'm not going to respond to it. Proverbs 12 and 15 says this, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes. How do we know we right? It lines up with scripture. That's the only way we know. Amen? I know this ain't like shout for joy stuff, 
But it will when you get it and it sink in and you abide by it and you start to see the doors opening for you. Every door right now that is not opening for you is because you're disobedience. And I don't, and, 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 and there's no prayer I can do. <laughs> there's no fasting that can be done. You have to return to the instruction. That's why he said, if you return to me, I'll return to you. Ain't enough oil <laughs> on this planet. Ain't enough olives, vegetable oil, corn oil, peanut oil that we can pour on your head that is going to make his rules and regulations be void. Proverbs 30 and 12 says, there are those who are clean in their own eyes, but are not washed of their filth. Now, this is the same Pretty much the same scripture, right? Four times in the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs is the book of wisdom. <laughs> so four times in the book of wisdom, he said, do it his way. Pretty sure he said it more times than that in there. But that's the thing of, okay, four times you, you basically see the same scripture telling you the same thing. Do it his way. That's why when we first started the church, we taught a message called, I taught a message called Church 101. Who remember that? Who remembers the three things of why we come to church in Church 101? Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Okay. Refresher. The first reason why we come to church is to conform to the image of Christ. You show up because you want to conform to the image. Second one is because of spiritual intelligence. And the third one is co-laboring with the Father. Now, the one I want to harp on is spiritual intelligence. Okay? We have to be a spiritually intelligent people. We can't keep doing things against the word and expecting him to do something that he can't do. You have to have spiritual intelligence. You have to intentionally find out what does the word say about that. Because some, most of the time we work against our own destiny. We're working against our destiny. He says do it this way, we do it another way. And then we sit around and move around like, okay, why this ain't working out? It ain't working out because you're not doing it according to how he said do it. I got to keep harping on that because it's not going to work. <laughs> if you don't pray, if you don't fast, if you don't give, if you don't spend time in the word, see, spending time in the word is where you get your spiritual intelligence from. <laughs> and if you don't fellowship, there's no way you can grow, period. He's not going to tell us to do these things and watch this. And then you do it, and then, but then others don't do it, and y'all get the same blessing. It ain't going to happen. All right. Let's move on. It ain't going to get no better. Verse 10. What does verse 10 say? Can y'all can help her out? 
Okay, that's all I want you to bring the what? The whole. Don't come with 9%. It ain't going to work. 9% is like 0%. Just keep it. Just keep it. You might as well just keep it. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Don't bring 8%. That's not tithe. Tithe means 10. So you can't bring partial tithe. Because tithe means 10. We growing anyway. Now all this is for you. He's telling you to do this. God don't benefit you giving him 10%. <laughs> what are you going to do with your money? It's a faith thing. Do you trust me? And we can't, that's why I say we can't trust him with relationship but then don't trust him with the money. Amen? So you might as well keep the whole thing because it ain't going to do you no good to put eight. That's not a tithe. The tithe belongs to him. The offering is dependent on the harvest you want. He says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. Because we, we, look, we, we don't want to sit on hard chairs, do we? You don't want to sit in a hot church, do you? Okay. You don't want the mics cracking and popping while we teaching, right? You don't want the, you don't want the teacher overworked. You don't want me working a 40-hour job trying to, and trying to get in the Word to teach you. The food is revelation. Are you eating? He said, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. And watch this. What did it say? And test me now. Test me. Test me. (laughs) Just try it out. Test me. That's a, that's a challenge. Test me. Test me in this, says the Lord of hosts, the ones that release his blessings. Test me. If I would not open for you, so it's personal. If I would not open for you, the windows of heaven, how many of y'all know y'all can't open the windows in heaven? Your reach ain't that far. He said, test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing. Watch this. A blessing. Just a blessing until it overflows. So he says, when you give me the whole tithe, I am going to open the windows of heaven and I'm going to pour out blessings. 
and you're going to be overflowing. Now, the reason why you need this is because it's too many scriptures in the Bible asking you to give. If all these scriptures are in the Bible asking you to give, what does that mean? Y'all be whispering? I can't even hear you. (laughs) This is what it means. Yeah, this is what it means. It means if he's constantly asking you to give, he expects you to have money. If he's always saying give, 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 then he expects you to have. He expects you to be a resource center. The Bible said that Jesus being rich became poor, that through his poverty, you might be rich. So, which means if you die and leave this planet not rich, Jesus came in that aspect for nothing. He wants you rich, which means he wants you to have so much money that you can take care of your household, you can take care of your family, and you can give. The Bible has scriptures in there that say give and don't ask for it back. If you got to give and hunt people down, hey, you got that 20 no, I ain't got that 20. God told me I can keep it. <laughs> if you got to hunt somebody back down, you got that $5. <laughs> what? I can't stand that people come to the studio and I'm like, look, that it's $60 an hour. I got 50. Why are you trying to keep $10? That is a poverty mindset. That's a poverty mindset. Somebody asks you to pay $100 or something, oh, I'll give you 80 for it. What do you mean? Hey, so what do you, you going to do with $20? What are you going to do with the $20? If you don't have, then you need to get on this system. I hate to tell y'all, when y'all decided to be children of God, y'all moved into his household and you got on his system. No other system is going to work for you. No other system's going to work for you. It's not going to work. Verse 11. Now, not only is he going to open for you the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing until it overflow, verse 11 says, then. Now, what does then mean? Okay. Then is an equal sign. One plus one equal. Okay. So if you do one plus one, then you're going to get this every time it works. So after you do this, it's a mathematical formula. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean out on your own understanding. In all your ways, he will acknowledge you. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Then he will bless your paths. You do this, then he does this. It's not a thing where no matter what you do, he do it anyway. It doesn't work like that. So he says bring the whole tithes. Once you bring the whole tithes, he said, I will open the window. I will pour out a blessing that you have more than enough to receive. Plus, I will rebuke the devourer for you. 
I will rebuke the devourer for you, which means I will have customers come to your business. They won't miss it. (laughs) Which means no matter anything that tries to attack your business, attack your property, I got you. Because you did it my way. If you don't pay the tithe, I don't have to protect your stuff. He said, I will rebuke the devourer for you personal, so that it will not destroy the fruit of the ground, nor will your vine in the field cast its grape, meaning it won't be barren, meaning there will be nothing you plant that will not harvest. And once it harvests, see, the devourers in, in, in Israel is the canker worm, the palmer worm. If you know anything about agriculture, you can plant an entire crop and bugs will eat it. Locusts will eat it. He told them, if y'all do it this way, I'll make sure there's a force field around everything you do. Everything you do. You ain't never heard about one of my cars being down. Never had anything turned off. Because I understand the system. Me and Dr. Hardy going on 15 years of marriage, we've had 15 people live in our house rent-free. We didn't nag them. Live in our household rent-free. We didn't nag them. We didn't make them feel like we, you know, we don't want you there. Anything they needed, we was there for them. We support Why? Because we know how this thing works. When Dr. Hardy got ready to start her business, she walked into the account, paid for everything. Got a six-figure business in one year, no advertisement. We turn people away constantly. We had to call the people and say, don't call us for the next two months. Don't call for the next two months. We good. Whatever is yours, my advice is make it his. The number one commodity is people in the kingdom. So he said, then I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. Verse 12. It says, then all nations will call you blessed. (laughs) For you shall be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. So, his goal with you sticking with his system is to have nations considered you blessed. His goal is to have you to be a delightful land. Children of God should never be broke. His children should never not have. Back to the original question. Will a man rob God? 
What is robbery? Robbery is an action of a thief in the presence of his victims. They conceal nothing. Okay? Robbery is to unlawfully take something. To take something that does not belong to you. But, in my closing, I want you to see robbery this way also. Because robbery also means to deprive someone or even self from something. So truth be told, a man can't rob God. You're robbing yourself. You know what you're robbing God from? The opportunity to bless you. Will a man rob God? Will a child rob the father from the opportunity of giving them everything they want? Can't rob God. You're robbing your father from the opportunity of releasing a blessing because he can't do it until you do it how he said do it. You got his hands tied. He can't go against his word. It'll make him a liar, which will make him unholy. So anytime he tell you how to do it, stick with it because he can't go against his own word. So so in, in actuality, you're robbing yourself. You're robbing your father from the opportunity of opening windows. Pouring out blessings that overflow. You robbing your father from the opportunity of rebuking the devourer for your sake. You robbing, you robbing yourself from the opportunity of being seen as blessed. Which means you robbing your entire generation. If you a parent, you robbing your kids. The Bible says a good man leaves something for the next generation, from the generation's generation. He want to bless us so much that we leave something for the next two generations. Don't rob the father. Okay? We got to lose this orphan spirit of holding money. Kings release it. Kings trust the system. Kings trust him in the way that he said he would do it. The Bible said in Galatians 4.11, it says, although the heir is a child, <laughs> no, it said, although the child is an heir, you differ nothing from a slave. Although you own everything. But you got to sit under tutors and governors to the appointed time of the Father. Somebody got to teach you the system. Because although you are a joint heir with Jesus Christ, and no matter how much you repeat that scripture, if you don't get out of this infant mentality with money, you will never have. You will be a slave, a servant, although you own everything. It all belongs to us. It all belongs to you. The Bible says, seek ye first. 
the kingdom. You can't seek the kingdom not obeying scripture. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And what happens? All things will be added unto you. It's going to come a time in the church where we're going to see who haven't been doing scripture. That's when people start ducking out. You got family. How many of y'all got family and some of them got money, some of them don't? And it seems like the ones who don't got money don't ever want to come around. We were talking about going to a Bears game in Tampa. The ticket's $325. Calling grown men, talking about I got to see what my money look like. $300? You're a grown man. You're a grown man. You should have $300. We're talking about in October. It's July. (laughs) You got to see what your money going to look like for October? You doing something wrong. You doing something wrong. I got family with money. Man, the people who don't have, they don't even want to come around. Every time we set up a plan, do a trip, we're going to get together. They don't show up. Why? Because they can't stand being in the presence of people who do it right. That's how Satan get in your head. They talking about you. That's how he get in the head. They talk, no, they're not talking about you. Satan talking to you. <laughs> and you ain't got nothing to fight it because it's true. They say you broke. Are you? If you had money, you would ignore him. You would show up. The Father wants all of us to be blessed. Okay? But it ain't just money. It's your character. Okay? It's your servitude. Because it don't matter how much you give, he ain't finna pour a million dollars into a two-dollar character. It don't matter how much you got. Okay? If you can't serve in his kingdom, he ain't opening doors for you. It's not going to happen because this is what it says. It says your violation against his word is okay, and he's still going to move on your behalf. So he has to stymie it until you get to the place where you obey his word. It's not just about money. If you want to be blessed... You got to obey that word. You got to practice righteousness. You're not going to get out of that. You know how I many people have called me? Ooh, since you told us about practicing righteousness, I have done it. And this, 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 this door has opened for me. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you right now. For the word that has went forth, Father, we ask that you would hide this word in our heart, Father, that we would not sin against you.